This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, has been indicted. The government is alleging that he lied about his drug use to buy and possess a gun. Cato's Clark Neely discusses the case and how it illustrates the long and often highly selective arm of the law. I feel like a little bit of background is in order here because there have been a lot of ins and outs that have ended with uh, where we are today with uh, these charges for the president's son. Um, If you don't mind, what led up to the exact moment here where there appeared to be a plea and it uh, evaporated, it blew up? This is a really (laughs) challenging situation to explicate. Part of the problem is that uh, one thing I think is quite clear is that the Department of Justice has been slow walking uh, the investigation of Hunter Biden and really trying to disappear the more serious charges. Um, And those would include things like money laundering, um, felony tax evasion, uh, all of the shenanigans with the shady uh, foreign money types from China, Romania, Ukraine, um, his failure to register as a foreign agent, which is a felony. So there's this kind of really unwholesome stew of behavior um, that the Department of Justice has been fairly successful in kind of sweeping under the rug. Um, but the one thing that's been really challenging for them, or one thing that seems to be the most challenging for them, is is the fact that there's all this evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop of him unlawfully possessing a firearm uh, under federal law. Any uh, any user of a uh, controls unlawful user of a controlled substance um, is categorically forbidden from owning a firearm. And Hunter Biden, as we know, and as he himself has said, uh, was in fact a, a habitual user of cocaine, among other drugs, uh, at a time when he also um, not only possessed a handgun but was showing it off um, on camera. And those pictures are on his laptop. So. Uh, what is poor DOJ to do? Because you can only sort of slow walk or sweep so much conduct uh, under the rug before it becomes perfectly and pollucidly clear that you're trying to give the president's son a free pass because of his status. They absolutely have been doing that, uh, but apparently there were limits. Now, this puts um, probably many libertarians in a bit of a bind uh, in terms of at least discussing the case because uh one, I think most libertarians would say that the being an unlawful user of a controlled substance does not nullify your Second Amendment rights. Uh, and yet the rule of law ought to apply pretty equally to everybody. Yep, that's right. We have an utterly unserious criminal code, both uh, in the federal level and at uh, state and local levels. And so it presents... Um, members of law enforcement with this constant challenge of which crimes do you give people a free pass for and which people get a free pass. Just to take one example, um, it remains a federal crime even to possess marijuana. That's a misdemeanor. But to grow marijuana is a felony. And thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people grow marijuana, and all of them get a free pass uh, from DOJ. And so the list of kind of unserious crimes that that you will almost certainly get a free pass if you're the right kind of person. You don't, you know, you don't go out of your way to sort of rub uh, DOJ's nose in the fact that you're criming 
um, it presents a real challenge because then you get a situation like this and plenty of people have tried to defend Hunter Biden by saying, oh, you know, this is not the kind of uh, this being, you know, the, the the possession of a firearm by an unlawful user of drugs. Oh, that's that's the kind of crime that DOJ uh, rarely prosecutes. And I think it's an extraordinarily disingenuous and dishonest uh, take because um, that's not the only thing um, that Hunter Biden is plausibly uh, alleged to have done. As I mentioned before, there's an entire menu of criminal conduct that Hunter Biden seems to have engaged in. Now, we can sort of debate and dispute why DOJ happened to pick these few items. And when I say these few, it's a three-count indictment that includes two false statement charges and a, uh, a, a, a charge for violating the federal law that prohibits uh, unlawful users of controlled substances from possessing a gun. The, un the unlawful, the, the false statements charges basically come from the forms that you have to fill out and the representations that you have to make when you purchase a gun from what's called a federal uh, firearms, uh, FFL, federal firearms licensee. So yes, we can debate you know, whether uh, somebody, just an ordinary person, would have been charged for these crimes if that was all they did. But there isn't the slightest doubt that if you engage in the whole slew of criminal activity that it seems fairly clear that, that Hunter Biden has, which would include unlawful possession of narcotics, that would be cocaine, um, the uh, all of the shady activity uh, with, the, with foreign uh, uh, you know, business people, um, almost certainly money laundering, probably conspiracy, probably tax evasion. Um, once you racked up all of those plausible charges, the idea that they would then give you a free pass um, on anything, including particularly making false statements um, in order to acquire unlawfully a, a firearm, I don't think so. You wouldn't get a free pass on that. Now, could he still challenge some of these uh, charges um, in court and say, you know, the, the law that prohibits uh, drug users from possessing uh, a gun is unconstitutional. You bet. And is he going to? Almost certainly. So it seems clear uh, from your telling of it that DOJ is perhaps doing its best to assure that the least serious and most immediately provable charges are the only ones that come forward. I think that's right. Um, you know, with DOJ, everything is for sale and everything is transactional. Everything can, just about everything can be forgiven. Um, if you're willing, for example, to sign up as a cooperator and snitch on somebody else, um, or if you can sort of, um, if it looks like going after you would represent a threat to somebody's career. Um, so again, uh, this is an, uh, an agency that almost never takes cases to court anymore because they've become so effective at inducing people to plead guilty uh, 2021, 98.3% of all federal criminal convictions came from guilty pleas. So this is a fundamentally transactional agency um, that is, you know, essentially turned uh, criminal adjudication into effectively a giant rug bazaar. And uh, I think it's not at all surprising that they are kind of flummoxed about how to handle this Hunter Biden situation, because on the one hand, as noted, uh, he's almost certainly engaged in a whole slew of crimes uh, for which anybody else would be facing really serious charges. On the other hand, he's the president's son. He's a bit of a hot potato. We can see from their conduct over the last few years that, again, they've been trying to sweep as many of these charges under the rug as possible uh, with an eye towards uh, allowing the statute limitations to expire on some of the more serious ones, which it has. Uh, but, you know, then there's this problem, essentially, of it's so blatantly obvious uh, that Hunter Biden committed multiple felonies in the acquisition uh, of this illegal handgun that, as I said, apparently DOJ has limits. They'll forgive a lot. They'll sweep a lot under the rug. But at some point, they just can't uh, swallow it. And I think I, I, whatever I don't know how you what that calculus looks like, but apparently Hunter Biden crossed some line that even DOJ won't forgive. 
we've discussed the the issue of the form that is required for someone to uh, secure their Second Amendment rights for themselves. And um, where do you see that going? Is there anything uh, recent that jumps out at you that says that there, there's something untenable here? Yeah, there is. There's a, a Fifth Circuit uh, case from just uh, the last month of the month before where the Fifth Circuit held unconstitutional the federal law that prevents unlawful users of controlled substances uh, from owning a firearm, or at least as applied to uh, a man who admitted that he was uh, a regular user of cannabis, of marijuana. And he was prosecuted under that provision that prevents unlawful users of controlled substances from owning a gun. And he raised a constitutional defense and said that's inconsistent with the Second Amendment, at least as to somebody who just smokes marijuana, because it's so arbitrary, right? Like, you can you can drink all the alcohol you want, and you can be an alcoholic and still acquire uh, a firearm, but not uh, if you happen to prefer marijuana. So the Fifth Circuit embraced that argument, and it's no doubt whatsoever that we're going to be hearing about that from Hunter Biden's lawyers and that they will raise that case and that theory as a defense. That leaves them, though, with the problem that, generally speaking, you don't get a free pass when you have committed a felony um, uh, violation of, of um, like an obstruction or you've lied on a form, which is a separate felony. And DOJ, I think, not surprisingly at all, is merciless in going after people um, who have engaged in any kind of obstructive behavior, whether it's making false statements to investigators, which is a crime even when you're not under oath and even when you have not been Mirandized, um, to making uh, material representations on various federal forms, including telling a federally licensed uh, gun dealer that you are eligible to own a firearm when, in fact, you are not eligible to own a firearm, which is exactly uh, what the allegation is here and to a high degree of certainty, uh, not just an allegation, but what Hunter Biden actually did. I can't think of any case. No case comes to my mind where DOJ looked at somebody who has engaged in in persistently obstructive behavior and said, well, fair is fair. You know, you were you were just lying in order to essentially get a free pass or, or to, you know, to be allowed to engage in this other activity that you think you have a constitutional right to do. So we'll just go ahead and call it quits and, uh, you know, um, call it even on this lying thing. No big deal. That never happens. Just never happens. Clark Neely is Senior Vice President for Legal Studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.